You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Rated S for spoilers. Full on Cosmere spoilers. We have just finished up Hero of Ages and overall Mistborn Era One. If you're not counting, if you're not counting secret history into it, full on. Um, you could probably touch on yeah. some secret history things here and there. Uh, we'll go we into them, like more detail later. Um, but yeah, it's just like full on. Here's everything. Read everything, including Tress of the Emerald Sea. I don't know how much we're going to talk about Tress. Uh, and uh yeah so let's get to it um so when we left off last time we were kind of like starting off uh Tensoon got away and then we get start started off going in through the uh a little bit more of the uh uh siege of Fadrix and we couldn't stop talking about how awesome Yeoman is as a, as a character uh really really is unfortunate that we didn't really see much of him and i still can't i, I can't recall if we ever saw like any descendants descendants of yeoman or anything or very many mentions His, of um, him in narrative when um wax and when wax is getting married i think they have it at the yeoman estate or something like that oh. the wedding at the yeoman estate or something and it's kind of or uh, there is like a party uh there's a party there is we do see Yeoman's descendants for sure, and I would have like, been. They a, don't play a major part. Can you remind me, like in in Era Two, did they still have a bunch of Lord Ruler worshippers, or did they ever mention like more Lord Ruler? Mm, no, because no, it was like the the path. I think was Harmony, and then you have the Survivorist. Right. So what's funny or strange or not strange, but unique to me is that uh, at one point, the last we ever hear of Yeoman uh, is when he talks to Ellen, and is like. You know, the Lord Ruler has a plan on this. Uh, I don't care if you believe me or not. Like, this is the Lord Ruler's doing. I wonder how he reconciles that with, like, Harmony. Literally having, like, books. Like, here's exactly what happened. You know, all this other stuff. I remade the world. So, like, it's kind of hard to argue that I'm basically God at this point And that I have it right. You know? um, He could, like, rationalize it pretty hard as, like... You know, the Lord Ruler did have a plan. He could have definitely rationalized it. Rationalized it as this was his plan was he was passing it on, and he just needed someone who was worthy to take it over. And here we go. We have harmony coming out of it. I also kind of find it funny that um, the Church of the Survivor is still something that in Era Two that's a, a thing when they can literally commune directly with harmony with an earring. So I think that one was says its fault because he was literally like I talked directly i talked directly to kelsier and he said to make spook a misborn so they're like oh dang we were right no no <laughs> let's go th- there is that and i mean that's the thing that um when i so i listened to secret history right after we finished uh, hero of ages and I, this does go back to hero of ages um when spook interacts with kelsier uh in the annotations or the postscript of of uh secret history Brandon says, I do actually know exactly what Kelsier and Spook got up to, you know, during this time. And what's funny is that he says that uh, when Spook is known as, like, the Lord Mistborn, like, 
He's mm-hmm. basically like kind of a religious figure too. Uh, I think yeah. like at the level of like a saint or something. Um, yeah. So I'm like, but no one like talks about any antics he did, I guess. I mean, like he probably helped them build society. You know, he like kind of helped them pull things together as like a leader. But I can't think of like antics that he and Kelsier would have gotten into. I, f- I feel like he, he was the Vin, right? Like, I don't know if they had to be that serious after what happened, but he was the Vin when he was the last Mistborn. He was the person that was just like, all right, set all you people, yeoman, stay in line. Do we know <laughs> for sure that he was the last Mistborn? Yeah. I think it's it's mentioned in Arrow 2. And um, Wax was talking about it or something, and Marcy being like the history buff was like, yeah, that was Spook, the Lord Mistborn or whatever, the last Mistborn. I know that he was the Lord Mistborn. I just I know that he was made Mistborn and that after his generation there weren't any more Mistborn, but I just couldn't remember if that was like he was the last one, last one. Um which if that's true, then yeah, he'd be like the most powerful, you know, person in on well, the We we know yeah, we know that Harmony want, wanted to hardcore nerf Scadriel. So Do we know no that more. he wanted to hardcore nerf Scadriel? He would have made if he didn't in my opinion, if he didn't, he would have made more Mistborn other than just Spook. I don't know. Like I, while 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 he had more control, and the the shards haven't completely influenced him. I don't think he cared so much about Scadrill's power. He even says at one point that I held you back by giving you so much. Um, and it, he says it in a way that, at least at that time, that makes me think he didn't mean to. Like he didn't intend for. Uh, Scadrial to be in a more in a weakened state as a result of his um, trying to be generous. So I, I I just don't know if it was like on his priority list. Like, hmm, I'm gonna make a bunch of Mistborn and a bunch of Ferrochemists or, or anything like that. It was just like, okay, I'm gonna use all the stuff I have right now to just repair the world. And oh, Kelsier wants me to make him a Mistborn. Fine, I guess we can do that too. Um, but. Anyway, uh, like kind of going back to like Kelsier's antics during Hero of Ages, uh, this was like a weird. It's something I forgot about during my first read through of Hero of Ages that Ven goes around chasing a Mistborn, and we just kind of she just doesn't ever catch them, and we just never hear about it again. Um, yes. Now here's the thing: I remember Secret History. Not all the way through, and you you you're coming off a fresh reread. That wasn't that wasn't Kelsier, right? Like that was I thought that was Ruin baiting her, and Kelsier was like giving her the feelings of like stop. No, stop, it was Kelsier. It. it was uh, because it was. he even yeah. says like this is what I I was used to. Like this is the chase, yada yada yada. Like she could sense him uh, in the mists. Uh, and I think this is before he took, yeah, it's before he took Preservation's power. And he was actually cool. like going through and she was chasing him and he was chasing her at one point. And he's like, man, I'm having a hard time keeping up. Yeah, because I know, I know that he, he scares her away from Hoyd because he, run, he, he, he runs into Hoyd. Right. In the, she doesn't sense him at that point. She just gets this weird feeling that he should, she mm-hmm. should get a, not go to Hoyd. Run, Vin. Run. He's not. Essentially. He's messed up. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I just find it funny because, like, again, we talk about sometimes these things like secret history feels like a retcon. Um, but this was totally in the works. And apparently, mm-hmm. Brandon says in Era 2 that there are hints of what Kelsier has been doing 
during era two as well, but uh, didn't he didn't he say he's gonna he's gonna do Mistborn Secret History Era two? No, he I said that he, that was something he mentioned. He mentions in his postscript that he's not sure if he's gonna write Secret History two or three or anything like that. Um, he said he has a lot on his plate, uh, so but he's like he does know what they did. Like he has in his head the story. On our reread, then on our reread, we're gonna just need to start. We're gonna need to pay attention to that and see if we can go Kelsier spotting. Well, that's the thing is that is just look at the leads that go nowhere because that's that's essentially what happened here. Is like I just forgot that she had chased a Mistborn. We assumed it was like maybe Yeoman, and then we get revealed it wasn't Yeoman. But by that time, so many things have happened that I st- I didn't sit there and go, oh, where did that Mistborn go that she was chasing the whole time? Yeah, you know, let's have a. F- Oh, oh, no, no. I was just going to say, or was it an Inquisitor? But why would it? Yeah. It wouldn't have been an Inquisitor because, you know, they were waiting. He had to wait all the way for Marsh to show up. You know, mm-hmm. if it was another Inquisitor, he would have just shown up. Yeah. So let's let's do a final discussion on this. We brought it up several times. We got a little bit more information. And it's not confirmed, but it's something we just thought about. Did preservation make Kelsier a Mistborn in the pits. I'm pretty sure that's confirmed. I mean, it's all but confirmed. Like, Brandon, or someone, was it Brandon? Or In Secret History, it says, like, he said, survive. And if you look at Final Empire, he said, um, or was it Final Empire or Well of Ascension? Well of Ascension, I think it's Demu. was like, did you ever wonder why he didn't become a Mistborn earlier? Like, he surely had gone through some things in his life that would have snapped him earlier. But you're telling me it took him going all the way to the pits to be able to snap? Like, let's Yeah, it was Fear of Ages, yeah. Yeah. And so... Yeah, like, did he not Did he not have something else that was going to make him snap? And then... I think it, like, Demu... It was when Demu was going through the list of 16 being a powerful number the same way Yeoman does. And he was like, you know, Kelsier was in the pits for 16 months, you know. He, you know... Kelsier the man died, the survivor arose from the pits. But also when in Secret History, whenever he takes on the power, he's like, remember what I told you, Kelsier? And he feel he hears a voice say, survive. And he said, that was the voice I heard in the pits when I snapped. And mm-hmm. that's like, okay, come on. Preservation gave him, he made, made him a misborn. Um, the question would be, why did preservation do that? Um, you know, preservation on the reread on the reread again because you're fresh. I'm not. Do we get any indication that like Kelsier like breathes in the mist or anything during this point? No. Um, and it's also said, uh, and it said actually in the epilogue here of Hero of Ages that uh, the mists were always going to go to Ven. The mists were hers, and in fact, it even says, uh, preservation in secret history says, um. The mist, the power is hers. It's hers, you know. And so, um, the mists were always going to go to Ven, and they suspect, uh, like you said, saw the epilogue, um, or in one of the epigraphs, some one point, says it goes, "I suspect that she was breathing in the mist when she was younger, before she mm-hmm. had gotten spiked, essentially, and that's why yeah. she may have been so gifted with allomancy." Yep. Um. But it was one of these things where it was like until preservation was fully gone, um, she couldn't take in the power all the way. But not just that, until she took on the well, the power at the Well of Ascension, she couldn't have fully taken on the power. 
Yes, yes. So that's why so, she didn't ascend when she fought the Lord Ruler. Yes, so that that's that's true. Um, that was a hundred percent like I'm still kind of iffy on that reading this through because the epigraphs don't paint it out fully. You know, they talk about how Ruin took her because she was like the perfect combination, like her situation was perfect for him. Mistborn, seeker, sister, crazy mother, it all lined up. And then, then you know, Sazed in the epigraph says, you know, and another reason that, you know, Ruin didn't really know. And, like, if we take that at what it is, we assume that it was also Preservation's plan to have her take take up the the powers. And, like, so what came first? Did Preservation choose that and Ruin just ended up choosing her because it worked out perfectly? And, like, he had this feeling that he had to counter Preservation? Or is it the other way around where maybe preservation manipulated him into going after her too? Because she needed uh basically she needed someone who was influenced by both powers pretty heavily, so that once she took the power up, she would destroy Ruin with the power. So this was when I went through Secret History and I tried to go when I was going through this reread, I remember you telling me in like Final Empire, like, oh, preservation chose Ben. And I was like, Really? Because I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember Ruin had chose Ven for specific things. I didn't remember that. So I kept trying to keep my ear open for like clues. And it is true. Preservation or like the power was going to go to Ven. Like that was always a thing. But I cannot say which one came first. Like uh, did Ruin happen to, you know, stumble upon Ven and go, ah, this is a person that he chose to take the power. I'm going to go after her. Or was it because she had the perfect setup, you know, for her to be able to be spiked? Like, li- which one I is like it? I like to think, I like to think based on what Vin said, you know, what Vin said, the last thing you said to Ruin was, you thought you were pulling the strings all along, but this was Preservation's plan. I like to think that that when, in that epigraph when Caesar was like, and another, re- like Ruin chose her for these reasons, and another reason that was a reason not even he knew. Oh, probably I that feel, preservation I, I pushed feel, it. I want to feel like preservation pushed it. And the whole point was like, it was the whole idea of, all right, preservation's like, he could go after anyone, but if he goes after this person, I believe she'll make the right decision. And ultimately, she was going to make the right decision until, you know, Ruin manipulated Kelsier into her life. And while we can say that ultimately that ends up being a good thing, you know, it, it 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 says like even in the epigraph skin, it says that we know that Kelsier was of ruin, just because of how he was manipulated. But um, it also says that Kelsier was the one that convinced Vin to keep the earring, and we can mm-hmm. I, I like to think ruin like nudged Kelsier to yeah. say, oh, that's a great thing, just keep it, absolutely, keep it in your ear, right? And so I think this it was the idea that again, preservation knew he could never beat ruin because he can't he couldn't destroy. Only preserve, but when Vin first took up the power, we know that when they first take up the power, the shards haven't influenced them enough, so they have that threat, they still have their own control, they have their own autonomy. Um, you know, when, when they lack time here, and so that's what the plan was all along. Was Vin comes up, she's been influenced by both ruin and preservation pretty heavily here, and she's mad and she destroys ruin. So, I like to think it was preservation's plan all along. Well, and Let's look at you, Mistborn, you know, as a unique, um, especially here of ages, as a unique Cosmere story in the sense that uh, this is where we get pretty much the most interactions with shards that 
I like direct mm-hmm. interaction with shards than any other thing. You know, even Stormlight. Like Stormlight says the next best thing, but like nothing comes close to this. And I'm I'm gonna totally ignore Era Two in terms of like, oh yeah, you can literally talk to Harmony. But like, I mean, this is our most direct interaction with shards and their nature of them. And I gotta say, I really, really, really like the way Ruin was done um, because yeah, he. He did. He he did like show like, oh, I am evil and I have many things. And also in in Secret History, he was very much um, he was very much uh, not a cool guy. Um, but <laughs> in Hero of Ages, he was more like, look, the, I'm what I'm doing is not evil. It's just the way of the universe. Like you know. Yeah. In fact, like literally nothing you have um, like would exist without me. There's just nothing like you would ne- like if preservation had his way, um, you would just all be in stasis and never grow, never interact, never love. You know, uh, he said, so death is not one of those things that you have to mourn. It's just a natural part of life, you know, essentially. And you're starting to like, oh, OK, I can see how like someone could get like swayed into this. Um, mm-hmm. Like I could see how like, yeah, that is the shard more going. But like you could see how like a person would be like ah, I'm not just, like, destroying stuff. I'm, like, you know, part of this. One of the things I really loved, uh, I keep spilling over to Secret History because, you know, this is where we get to talk, hear them talk, but, like, I think at one point he says, the irony, basically he is, I'm paraphrasing, he says, the irony is, if I win, then preservation will have his perfect, his perfect world where I will break everything down to its perfect finite um unchanging you know matter and preservation will have his perfection of unchangingness essentially um which i thought was kind of interesting uh because that that was the whole point is red ruins whole thing is like to go all the way all the way in um but like when we talk about like i've always mentioned how when we talk about uh um cosmere stuff like we need to talk about it in terms of like Cosmere language. So looking at uh, ATM and Lorassium, one of the things I thought was interesting is when Ellen flares his ATM, which I, I'm pretty sure. Perfectly sh- then. Perfectly then. I was going to say, let's move on to that. Speaking of preservation's plan. He, I, I got to say, I don't, I don't think he duralamined his ATM. I think he, he just did. flared it. No, nope, he duralamined his ATM at the end. If we're talking about the end, well, regardless, he he, he got what was the effect of like a duralamine, and which is funny because that's very similar to like what Wayne does at the end of Era Two, um, with the time. Yeah, yes, but here's the thing, right? We we know exactly what Ellen saw, right? And the reason we know that is through secret history. We know it because we saw. I, I can't. I'm. You know this better than me because of good fresh reread. But there's a point where Kel, well, where Kelser like kind of touches the power. And he sees like the 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 infinite timelines or whatever, and preservation's like, yep, that's just like a glimpse of the power or whatever. You know, they can't, you can't really like. He basically he couldn't focus it, and so what I like to believe is in that moment, right, where he flares and he Duralman, Duralman pushes on or Duralman ATM essentially, right. I like to think when he he sits there and he comes out and he goes, I see, you know, I really think he saw what he was given or at least what he was able to look at here is in this moment, since it was so close to coming to fruition, since we were so close at the very end of preservation's plan, 
he got enough of a glimpse with that to see preservation's plan. And he knew in that moment, I got to die. I have to die because Vin is going to destroy Ruin. And as long as I, I survive, Vin will not be able to do what needs to be done. And then I saw when he says, like, I see, he lets March kill him. And then that's when he's, why he's so happy. He's, he's telling March, right, you see, we won, we destroyed his body. And the reason that I think he's saying that is, you know, he might even be hinting towards Vin to let Vin know, you know, because he knows Vin's watching at that point. We got rid of his entire body, which means y'all are perfectly evenly matched right now, which means he can be destroyed because if, if he had gotten his body no matter what Vin wanted to do, he would not. She would not have been able to destroy him. Oh right. Well, but my here's my here's my here's what I was concerned about. So you're right. In Secret History, when when um, Kelsier first touches the power, he can see the future, and preservation goes. Yeah, it's not as useful as you would think because there's just so many possibilities, and you just don't know where it's going to go. So what I was thinking of was, um was when Ellen flares his ATM, he see the whole thing is like, oh, he sees preservation's power. He understands he needs to die. You know, I get that. But what I don't understand is like, how was he able to see like the plan and see like, ah, this is, you know, Dr. Strange is way into going, ah, this is the one, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Like he, I would think, imagine that he would see like all the possibilities. Sure. But like, why would he go, so, oh, yeah, here we go. This is it. Unless I don't, it was the I only way. Well, that's the thing. I, that could be a good one to put. If we don't want to say, like, oh, this is like, oh, if they use that power, you know, they see, like, the perfect outcome or whatever. Like, because that would be an interesting way to look at it, is if a Mistborn was able to derail him in ATM, like, let's say in a fight, it's like they would see the perfect way to end the fight with them winning or, like, Maybe they'd see they're not going to win the fight and they could run and things like that, which would ultimately change uh, the past or whatever or change the change the future. But like I like to think that it was because, again, we were we were so close to the point that Vin that of the plan coming together that he's not able to see the full plan as in like I see everything. I think he was able just to see who knows. How far ahead did ATM let them see? Like a second or two, right? Is this is this one of those moments where when he, he pushed it, he was able to just see like just a minute into the future of his future that's happening right now, like the most likely timeline. And the thing was it was more it was most likely in that moment that he was going to die no matter what. So in that moment he went, Oh, I see what's going to happen after I die. And so he just let it happen rather than fighting it out any longer. Maybe. I mean there is like, you know, I've already talked into our previous episodes about, you know, we already know that ATM in the, what they get is actually ATM and Electrum. Um, mm -hmm. And I, we're going to talk about that in our, we're going to talk about that in our timeline spoiler, the retcon Brandon has and explain that to these first time listeners. Right. And, and that, stuff like cause that. it's not really a spoiler. Cause it's like, it's never like no. revealed anywhere. It's never like a shock, but it actually does give us a nature of and odd metals. And uh, yes, yeah, the nature of God Metals is going to explain that. But also we get to share with them one of the new mysteries of the Cosmere, which is we don't know what happens when you just consume ATM. Right. Um, which is really interesting. So the thing is, is uh, one of the things that came up in Secret History was uh, how when Kelsier flares the 11th metal, 
And he was like, and preservation was like, hmm, yes, okay, you flared this, huh? Yeah, you view, you went, you you looked into the spiritual realm for a little while. That explains that. And again, we they got to think of everything, all these allomancy and everything, as in cosmic terms. So gold is clearly associated with the spiritual realm, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we don't really see like even um. Uh, says it says in the epigraphs, he's like, how many people were missing and like we never even knew. Um, yeah, I mean, no one really checks for a gold missing, I suppose. Um, their other thing is that they didn't really explain how they found ATM mistings, which I don't know if I saw this on Coppermind or if it was a word of Brandon or something like that, but it turns out what the ministry did is they would put trace bits of ATM and they would put it like at the parties, like in the punch bowls, essentially. And they would just kind of go around and they just like bronze away to see like who was burning it on accident. And that's how they discovered them, which makes a lot of sense. Like I get like you're not going to like dump ATM into someone's mouth, but like having some shavings mm-hmm. of ATM, especially if you're with the Lord Ruler and the Obligators, when you know like you just have like thousands of beads of ATM on the, on hand anyway, then... It's really not that much of an expense to be able to f- figure this out. Yeah, because like that's how I gu- yeah that's guaranteed how a lot of the inquisitors got their ATM right because when you would spike a mistborn, they didn't have any lorazium spikes, therefore they couldn't spike and take the entire mistborn power. So they would have to probably they'd probably look through the mistborn um, to take whatever power they needed at the time. But yeah, they'd be looking for ATM mistings to spike, which begs the question. With how strong ATM is, like, why do you think, and this doesn't matter, this is more me just going into it, why do you think Yeoman wasn't spiked? He was. Like, no, 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 we're not talking by ruin. Like, I'm talking about, like, why wasn't Yeoman during the time of the Inquisitors, because he's an ATM missing, why wasn't he killed and give it so they could give ATM, the ATM's power to an Inquisitor? He was too useful. That's, I mean, that could be it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that could be it. He was just a useful person. He was useful. Maybe all the he inquisitors. Was, he was. Maybe all the inquisitors also had ATM by that point. Yeah, and I mean, like ATM. Um, I forgot what does the ATM spike do. Um, no, not not an ATM spike. Um, but like, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head what an ATM spike does. But like, like, I was just mostly saying, why did they not just kill him to give his ATM power to an inquisitor? And it could be like this doesn't matter ultimately. Like I said, this is just me thinking out loud, but it's like, you're right. I think the two possibilities are all the Inquisitors already had ATM, or Yeoman, um, Yeoman was just too useful. Because he proved how calculating and how good he was with, gosh, we're going to talk how good Yeoman is again, um, how, how, how calculating and how good he was at being a leader. You know, I mean, he was ultimately a mediocre leader, but he did such a dang good job dealing with the ventures such a good job yeah he did he he really like i mean he handled he, he did the best he could in that with the situation he was given ultimately like if you look at the the place he was in um a uh, he um he, he you would have thought he was at the a huge disadvantage and like there's no way he would be able to win but he like was constantly ahead of them like he really really did work them out I mean, and that's without he, even considering how like you know, Ellen's just a good guy and didn't like want to go destroy was, the city I, I was going to say like this ultimately like 
roles reversed, I don't think. Um, roles reversed, Ellen would not have stood a chance in that setup because that was that was like one of the only reasons that Yeoman had a chance was because Yeoman or was because El- the Ventures were good people, right? Was because Ellen was a good person because they even mentioned it. Ellen, do you have Vin and you have you? Yeoman should be dead by like the end of the night. <laughs> like what 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 can he do to stop you from killing him? And they were just like, we're not going to kill him, which is true. Like his traps, those trap that trap wouldn't have worked out, you know, at all. The only reason it worked was because Yeoman knew they were just coming to check out the stockpile. That's the only reason that trap worked. You know, if they really wanted to go after him and just kill him, he would have stood no chance. But if we, you know, push that to the side and we look at what he did with what he like the situation he was given, which was he was given that the ventures were good people, he did so good. Well, um, and here's the other thing is like it, it's funny because we got all like, oh, he's so clever with how he got Vin and he like made sure that he had filtered water and all sorts of stuff, which mm-hmm. things I didn't even think of, which I thought like, oh, that's really clever. But then I thought, you know, they probably as a person of the ministry probably have a good idea of how to keep Alamancers imprisoned. You know, it's, he may not have invented that. Which I'm not trying to bash Yeoman. I'm just trying to say, like, uh, like it makes sense that they would probably have an understanding of, oh, use silver, mm-hmm. you know, to bind them and use all these other things. Um, which kind of surprised me that silver um, was like considered like pretty rare, but like no one really cared to have it. Um, and it's funny that in era two, aluminum is like that, but. Uh, come to find out like aluminum is pretty easy to get through electrolysis, but it's really, really difficult to get through any other way, which that's like a real world thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's interesting how aluminum is like not really all that valuable in era one, um, even though it has like so many properties that would make it extremely valuable, even like in use, like aluminum has very good heat sinking and things like that. But why would aluminum not be used um, for binding instead of silver? Maybe because too soft. But I don't think silver is like. Yeah, I mean, it would be too soft. Yeah, like it wouldn't aluminum. Like they couldn't make weapons out of that, right? It was it's way too soft in this sense. I mean, you could do the whole like consistent triple coatings and things like that. Like like really just stack it on. You could do that, but ultimately it makes more sense in arrow two because it'd be easier to make. And then second, you could make these bullets out of it, right? Right. You could make bullets coated in, in aluminum and. You could, like suddenly, you know, they can't be pushed away and things like that. But all right, I think that's good to talk about there. I want to talk about a couple of things here. Let's talk about let's talk about the spook arc a little bit because again, it was one that I did not appreciate the first time we read through. Like the first time I read through at all, I was just like, all right, let's get over spook. Let's go back to Vin and Ellen. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. But like. All the subtleties and everything of basically Brandon waving in front of us how ruin works, just for us to still, or just for the least clever of us, I guess, or only for the most clever of us to find out. Um, he was basically showing, "Hey, look, look at what ruin's doing. Look at what ruin's doing. Isn't this exactly what has been happening to Vin the whole time? Look at what ruin's doing. You know." spiking him in front of us i think there's multiple things um, multiple talking things about the uh the spook arc that i didn't appreciate you know and uh, and, and in a way of we're talking about cosmere type stuff because 
let's pretend the spook arc like never really happens. Well, they go, oh, Ruin just like he manipulates people and he's able to make, you know, cities fall and all that sort of stuff. And you're and but you're like, how? Like, how? How would he do that? You know, when we look at Luthadel, Luthadel becomes, you know, terrible, just like a, well, basically mm-hmm. a wasteland when Penrod gets spiked. And like because of the spook arc, we're not surprised. Like it's like, yeah. It's like, oh, obviously, like you can you can easily see how this would happen. You know how, you know, Penrod's already in a position of power and how he would go crazy and how he'd be able to manipulate them and how he'd be able to get like followers and how he'd be able to make uh, get them divided. And it's like you don't even have to get creative, you know, thinking about it after hearing the spook arc. Um, And you're absolutely right. Like we basically get to see, you know, hemology done right in front of our eyes again. And we it completely just blows us off that that it happens. Um, One cool thing, too, I just want to point out, because we're going to have some appreciation posts in here. All right. Is that, um, you know, Penrod appreciation posts. Right. We learned in Well of Ascension that he actually was honorable in the sense that, like, he really just wanted like he wasn't he wasn't he straight up said, Ellen, I don't believe in everything you're doing. I think it could work, but right now it's not going to work. So I'm going to do what I think's best to keep us all alive, right? So it felt like Penrod was honorable in Will of Ascension. This guy unalives himself because he realizes he's being controlled and tries to leave a warning for Elland. Now, granted, it's not the best warning, you know, but like again, I feel like this guy Penrod was honorable to the end here, which was pretty cool. That's first, just a quick, quick appreciation there for Penrod. Yeah, but it's also kind of like. That's kind of one of the good, one of the reasons why, like, it hit so hard that Ruin got to him. Um, because, like, Yeoman, he wasn't able to get into Yeoman's head because he was, like, so logical and things like that. Mm-hmm. But he was able to get into Penrod. Um, you know, well, I mean, he also did have the uh, spike put in a place that would kill him if they tried to remove it. And then people were trying to remove it for a while there. Um, so maybe it's that, a little bit different. That and, I mean, yeah, that and, well, we we know that to an extent the obligators knew about the spikes what those were so you bet you bet your butt if yeoman got spiked it, it since it didn't hold like you said since he was so logical and it didn't hold he was just like yeah get this out <laughs> like right now well it's not it's at least implied that he didn't know uh that you know cuz like he would have been like oh yeah he got a spike in a yeoman and then Yeoman would have been like, then they would have been like, and then Yeoman knew about Spike, so he just removed it. I don't think it was that. I think it was um, that he was like, this is a Spike in me. I'm just going to take it out. That's it. Like, you know, and no nudging or anything would be, he'd be like, huh, I have this compelling reason to keep this in. Nah, I think I'm just going to take it out. And, And I think length of time is another thing when it comes to being Spiked, if I recall correctly. Uh, so he didn't have it in long enough for um, for uh, him for Ruin to be able to start appearing to him uh, as the Lord Ruler. I mean, even Spook, like he had had it for like a while. We don't know how long before the building started burning, and then like Kelsier pre- presented as a voice, and then as like this kind of form first before he like really started showing up for him. So I think length of time mm-hmm. also matters when it comes to. Um, being spiked um and also it depends on like how uh how powerful the spike is because um we know that spikes lose their power over time yeah 
Um, but when we look at uh, preservation and ruin and everything like that, it's just kind of interesting to me. Like ruin is isn't dumb, you know. Um, you could argue he's maybe a bit impulsive, but even then, I don't think he's all that impulsive because yeah. he waits a long time. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think like this thing—he isn't dumb, he is impulsive, but I feel like again, it's like the the shards influence, right? We see that in—we won't go deep into this, you know—but we see that in Odium a lot. Like, Odium is like really controlled by his shard in the sense that he's super duper passionate and impulsive on everything. Um, and I feel like, like you said, I don't think Ruin's dumb at all. I really do think a lot of it is the shards influence at that point. Is Odium impulsive? I mean, yes. Oh yeah, I mean he got he got surprised by like Dalinar that one time uh, when Dalinar. I mean yeah, dude. When 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 Todium when Todium took over, he was just like, "Oh, this idiot." <laughs> okay, so yeah, but th- could that be <laughs> Rise? You know, as opposed to you know Teravangian, who may have had a gift of another shard helping him out. But yeah, no, the idea. But you know, I I agree. But that's what I'm trying to say. It's the shard's influence, right? Because. The idea here would be that even Teravangian, with without uh, cultivation's help, you know, he would eventually reach the same point. Um, not maybe not all the way there because it is ha- it does have to do with the person who takes over needing to kind of like what 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 was it? Didn't say say it in one of the letters in Stormlight Archives where it's just like. You need to fear the cunning of the actual wielder of the shard. Yeah, it was... the shard will influence them, but like ultimately, you know, if the if the person is a good match for the shard, in the sense that they're either opposite enough to to fight, you know, to balance out and fight that, or they have the perfect mind to give in to that shard completely, that like that's when they gets dangerous. Right. I really it's think combination. I really we Yeah, we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen what happened when the shattering occurred. So, like, are we assuming that each of them sat down and went, we're going to take these shards? Or are we assuming they all rushed the power and all grabbed whatever shard was given to them and left, right? And in that case, all the original wielders of the shards, none of them were good fits for their shards. Maybe, you know, with what we're seeing play out with autonomy, that that was a good fit. And now the reason autonomy is kind of getting nervous with things is because... Like, why would we be nervous about Harmony? Well, you know, one, two shards, very scary. Two two shards of power. Um, but two, is it because Sazed is a good fit for that? That's more. Why are we going to be so scared about Todium? Because Tiravangian is going to be an excellent fit for the shard, especially with the way Cultivation helped. My theory is that Cultivation, in that case, um, planted a... Uh, uh, not a kill switch or a time bomb, but like... Because he, the whole point was Teravangian was that he was he was super highly emotional when it it started, like when the shard was available, um, mm-hmm. and then like you, it is implied, or it seems like he gets this highly highly intelligent, you know, part that comes with him, you know. Um, so I think cultivations in this point of like, oh yeah, yeah, he is highly intelligent, intelligent, and he's highly useful then. But he's also going to be extremely impulsive because of the gift I gave him. Um, yeah. So the idea is he takes the you know that 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 heightened emotional uh, side of him 
the shard was able to bind to it. So that was step one to get for him to take the shard. You know, step two is he's going to really play out and create this master plan with his intelligence. So it's going to be really bad for us. But then it's like you said, we have the built-in switch of he has his weak points and he can be heavily taking advantage of during those points. Right. And so here's my thing with Harmony, because we mentioned back in Final Empire about uh, Discord, you know, um, mm-hmm. ultimately what could be, other than maybe Ruin, what could be more potentially destructive to a shard and potentially splintering a shard than Discord, like coming in and just like mm-hmm. going in and separating a shard from his vessel. I mean, we we still don't understand the way splintering shards work. We know that, um, we know that preservation died. Um, we know that when the powers tried to combine, that the vessels passed away before the um before the powers. I mean, the powers didn't go away. Um, and it wasn't like it's it, again, I, I told you that it's weird that ATM would work the way it did. I would have thought that by ATM being released, it actually would have been the way to give preservation or AT or uh, ruin his power. AT the, yeah, you know, it's like, it's not kind of perfect. Like, okay, you, you guys all burned it. So now I can take it up. Like, and it even says that the power doesn't go away. It just coalesces. Like, I, I mean, I get, I get like for the book, it makes sense. But like from a cosmic standpoint, I'm still struggling with it. But, mm-hmm. um, where was I going? I, I, is, yeah. Um, Discord. Um, yeah. So, like, it's like Harmony, like, would be like, you know, okay. It, it seems very preservation-y to me. Uh, I would have, honestly, would have made more sense to, or from my standpoint, to think creation. You know, that's the whole point, right? That was the whole point of, like, having mm-hmm. pre- destruction and preservation was that they had creation. But instead, it's Harmony. Well, if you have Discord... And it splinters, you know, splintering is the way we think it is. Then it could be the way of like going in and just like, you know, rupturing that connection essentially between a vessel and a shard and to the point where the vessel ends up passing away. Because uh, we don't know yeah. what happened to Dominion or Devotion. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, again, great religion building here because, you know, when I first read Elantris, I, was, I wasn't all the way into the Cosmere. I just knew what this was. And I can't, the amount of times I heard Merciful Domai and did not realize that it was Merciful Dominion. That, and you know what's funny is I think that's right. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But I think their religion that they say Domai is like for devotion. And that it was like the Dakar were like Dominion or whatever. Um, that's true. That, you're right, actually. That, that's probably So it was like, probably more it, it kind of made no sense to me. But because then the Irie actually say devotion protect us, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Um, but this is also kind of goes into like the whole like avatar thing. Um, I don't think, I don't know that we actually run into any avatars in era one, um, like for like preservation or ruin. And it might be just yeah. because they're both in like weakened states for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. and we see like avatars of cultivation and we see, Similar things like in the sprint when it comes to honor. Um, and we it's maybe implied that like the skays, you know, are probably part of Dominion and the what are they called? The Aeons, not Aeons, yeah. The, the no, I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, I know, not the not the Aeons, I know what you're talking about though. Yes, the 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 not sprint sprint from from Elantris, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, with yeah. the aeons in them were like supposed to be like yeah. splinters of de- devotion. But that's the thing. That's what's so cool about the Cosmere and something I don't really quite get. We none of us really, really, really do. But we have theories on are like, what are splinters? What are slivers? It's said that the Lord Ruler was a sliver of infinity, which also is called like a sliver. Seons. Seons. That's right. Um, and uh, we get to like see some of that. Um, it's just interesting to me that uh, like when we go through all these stories, um, we're probably going to see things in era one that are like still going to just be knocked up till later on. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, what else we got? So I want to bring this back around to the beginning here. Um, I had this theory. Um, so I had this theory and it was when we were talking about when trail, when trails religion was first introduced in in era one. And how they worshipped the thousand eyes of trail, which were the stars and everything. And, you know, people are talking, you know, was this, was trail the religion that was always meant to be autonomy? Or was it like, you know, or is it just like Brandon, you know, is it more realistic that Brandon was like, I want one of the religions to be autonomy. And he just decided to choose that one. And I had the theory that what happened was trail was already, or autonomy was already starting to try to do a takeover of Scadrial, and that was Trell with the thousand eyes and the stars, right, and everything. And when that was the way that autonomy was, what was having that connection or whatever. And I had this theory that somehow, when the Lord Ruler moved Scadrial into the wrong location, it screwed that up somehow, and Trell wasn't able to to influence the people the way that they were, or, or autonomy wasn't able to influence the people the way that uh, that they were trying to. And then when Sazed moved it back, that's why autonomy came back and started to try to mess around was because it was back in the correct position and it gave uh, him, her the ability to do it. I thought that was a really interesting theory. I don't know. I think I don't know if it really like came to pass. We do know like pretty much for a fact that I mean, it's hard to argue that Brandon didn't from the very beginning, you know, argue that Trell and autonomy were going to be a thing because Look at it. The religion talks about the thousand eyes of which is that's Taldane and the single eye, which is, you know, the dark side has a thousand stars and light, dark, light side has uh, the single star. I'm, I'm just finishing up White Sand. Uh, but why, mm-hmm. I know that White Sand, I think, was like the very first story he ever wrote for the Cosmere. If I recall, he said the first one he wrote and finished was White Sand. And he thought that eh, this is OK, you know. And then, like, later on when he started becoming bigger, I think he they, they were like, hey, we kind of want to do a graphic novel. He was like, hey, this one kind of makes sense to me. Why don't we do this one? And he, like, rewrote it, made it a little bit better, and then passed away and being. So it's like, it makes sense to me that he was like, hey, yeah, I'm going to have this shard, and it's going to be one that meddles with places. Which, in the Ars Arcanum, we know that, uh, it, you know, Chris mentions how autonomy meddles in a lot of different places. And in Stormlight Archives, you know, they talk about Essentially, we hear from autonomy, you know, saying, um, I, you know, she has like people all over the place. Um, yeah. And we know that we know that autonomy actively pushes Taldane's technology forward because I think White Sands was supposed to be like the earliest point in the Cosmere history that we know. Um, I think that was where it's, it lands and they already have guns. Right. So, and so like they're, they're, and then the whole idea of autonomy screwing around with Scadrill was because 
you know, I love uh, I love using this. Uh, you know, we're gonna use this three body problem thing here, but like the idea of just like technological boom, where you always have to be afraid of another civilization due to the fact that you know there can be a technological boom where they could advance their technology really quick and catch up. And that's the whole thing. Autonomy's freaking out because Scadrial is going through one of those booms. Well, where she's like, oh gosh. I think, but what I love is how like it was perfectly set up. And this is one of those things that we mentioned a while back when we first started doing a read through was like, let's focus on these religions because maybe there's other things. Mm -hmm. And other things. I'm saying that I guarantee you, like I basically guarantee that one or more of these religions are going to come back and it's going to be more for the shards. But that brings we had we had those discussions on the episodes. The one that mentioned uh, how there's only a limited amount of misfortune in the world. We talked about the yep. idea of there being luck and stuff like and that. And they had different colors. Yeah. And I was like, every time mm-hmm. colors goes comes up, it's that meme where it's like, is this a Warbreaker reference? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and but it's like it totally could be. And uh, there are things that we don't understand, like fortune. Uh, and connection and things like that which when we go into secret history i will tell you connection is a huge thing in secret history something i didn't even realize um which we already knew like how how kelsier needed to take on the orb um Mm -hmm. in order to take on preservation's power and he talked about how you're not connected enough for me but like it actually talks a lot about how connection is a huge part of the cosmere um like, it's one of the reasons why he was able to, like, hone in on a marsh a little bit because he was connected to him. And Vin, the same thing. And Spook, mm-hmm. same thing. His connection to them, like, gave him an in that, like, Ruin couldn't really, like, interfere with. Um, and we know that in the Cosmere, like, even in Ferrochemy, um, that connection can be stored. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that's how the Southern Scadrians are able to talk you know that's how um you learn like another language so quickly is because you get connection um Mm -hmm. and so like vin like her whole thing was like she had like the best connection with the power and that's why she was able to take it up um and so says it essentially like he was like the best vessel you know to be able to take on both of them um Mm -hmm. which okay i mean it's fine i can i can work with it i guess um, it just makes me wonder, like, would the power have rejected someone else? Um, yes, I think it would have. Well, I think this. I think what we we look at with Sazed was like with the prophecies. You can look at it strictly as like, you know, I think the one that I like to pull on on this one would be like, he's a scholar yet he would fight. Right? It was this idea that Sazed would always fight when he had to, but he never wanted to. He 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 wanted to preserve the knowledge yet. Whenever push came to shove, he would always fight to do so, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it was like that idea of like in that moment, I th- maybe the powers wouldn't have been as picky. Maybe they could have been picked up by most people, but I do think that like certain people would have been rejected. I think if you had a full on pacifist who wouldn't hurt a fly, they probably wouldn't have been able to grab Ruin's power. Maybe they would have been able to grab Preservations, and vice versa. Maybe so. I feel like Sazed was just like that perfect mix of both. And he even says in the epigraph, so we don't know for sure. He even says, "I do not know why the powers let me take them." Well, and that this this is with his expanded mind. We also know that the powers uh, like want to be controlled by a consciousness. Used. Yeah, they want to be used. Yeah. What I don't understand then is like why Demo- devotion Dominion's power has just been left untouched. 
um, like no one's taking them up. Uh, it's weird I mean, that it's, even the it's Irie... Bro- it's broken, right? Like, that's the thing. It's broken. We don't know what that means yet. It's like you mentioned. We don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. I mean, the Irie, you know, they talk about trying to take preservation's power. Um, although they do say devotion protect us, which you would think by that point yeah. they would know devotion's dead. Unless they're not. And someone did take up so, the power. So I don't think that someone's taken up the power. I think it's more so acting on its own right now. But I think I told you either... I can't remember if I told you on mic or off mic my theory that, like, you know, this is going to hinge on whether Adonazium was actually a a good god or a bad god, you know? But, like, is it that the whole idea is when a power is splintered, it acts on its own, it can no longer be taken by a consciousness, but once all of the shards are splintered, they're just going to reform into him again? They're going to reform into, like, the... into the main god which could be a good ending if a good god was shattered or a very sour ending or maybe the ultimate bad guy if they're like oh we know exactly why he was shattered in the first place you know yeah i mean i think if i recall correctly it it may have been sazed that said it here or maybe it was secret history something recently that we went over and it said like something to the effect of some thought you know, some wanted power and some thought they just had no other choice, you know? Um, and I always had the theory or I'm like, my running theory was that they didn't realize like power was going to be up for grabs. They just kind of were like, let's kill out nauseum. And then when he mm-hmm. shattered, like the shards were going there and they were like, Oh no, these are pieces of power. And like other people are going to be able to take this up. We may as well take it up ourselves. Yeah, uh, yeah, we we already did the greater good thing or whatever it was. So but we also we, might as well take it up. we also like my my theory was that there wasn't just sixteen pieces. Um, I think there were only sixteen people at the time that were willing to take up the powers. And the reason I say that was they say that Hoyd was offered a shard, um, and he turned it down. Well, that would mean that there was another shard that he could have taken. Or it would mean that someone else was like, I, I, I don't need this. You want that? You, you sure you want me to? You sure? You sure I can? Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and take it then. I think it's more likely that there were more pieces, but they got into different combinations based off of the people that were around. So you're, you're, so you're thinking that like, you know, I'm just going to use this example. You're thinking that like you could say like autonomy is not one shard. Autonomy could be two. Or multiple. We, people just don't know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Harmony. Uh, like you wouldn't have thought, oh, Harmony. You think it, it would make sense? It would make sense why autonomy maybe is so aggressive towards harmony is because like maybe autonomy is multiple and it's like we can't have another person getting getting close to me. Basically, so that would that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, like you know, there's like we look at Odium and it's essentially he. he there are many times when so Odium I, says, "I am passion." Well, yeah, are you and passion and with, something else? Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. But I don't know. I feel like Odium is just passion because he splintered the other shards, or at least that's what we're led to believe. And we had this conversation like early on. Again, I can't remember whether it was on mic or off mic, but we talked about how he just didn't want to dilute. Rise just didn't want to dilute his power in the sense that like he didn't want to combine with one of these other things and it changes purpose. Right. Because it's like, why didn't he just kill the shard and take take the power off? It's like, well, I didn't. he didn't want to change how he felt or inf- was influenced by this new shards. So right. I th- he just broken. I think even says it says something to that effect, which was like, you know, if he were to take up the shard, uh, he would become different or be influenced differently. And 
um, and it may not be the right fit or whatever. And so it wouldn't be just as simple as that. Um, which makes the only sense. thing. So here's this: the only thing I've seen though, right, is like we haven't been shown that multiple shards means more power. I think it's like infinity times infinity is just infinity. I think the idea of where combinations of shards would come in handy is what we're seeing with Harmony, where it's just like they just allow you to be unbound a little bit, right? They 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 gives like, you options. Yeah, it gives you options. That's essentially what it is. This is like it doesn't give you more power. It just lets you act more so in a way that you want to. It's like I can save you or I can destroy you. I have both yeah. options. And one hundred percent. Um I don't know. Like I, I think of like dove- devotion. Like could be like devotion could be like love and fortitude, like together. You know, uh, uh, okay. dominion could be like violence and perseverance, or something. True. I don't know. Like that's what I'm, I'm right. just saying. Like there's an op. There's a there's a world here where I think shards break up into multiple different pieces, uh, and we're seeing like because we talk about that going into era two, how you know mm-hmm. lorasium and atium might be able to be separated from harmonium. Um mm, okay. and even though it should be Cezetium, but you know, uh Brandon said Cezet thought that was a dumb name. Um <laughs> Brandon Brandon thought that was a dumb name. <laughs> I think Cezetium <laughs> sounds really, really cool. Better than bat Babinidium. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. All right. I think we're uh I think we're good here. This was a good wrap up. Um we, we hinted a lot into secret history, so I think it's good to stop here because when we go through secret history we'll have even more to talk about. So, uh, no, thanks for coming along on this wild ride. We finished up Hero of Ages. We did it. It took us a little while. We finished up Mistborn Era 1. And uh, we can't wait to jump into future books. And me and Mac here have been arguing. So you may be seeing Elantris next. You may be seeing 11th Medal in Secret History. You know, come back and find out. Hey, everyone. Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.